Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me today is Tom Kirk, Chris Allen and special guest Peter Saunders. Yes, welcome back. Argyle banished those Birmingham City Blues yesterday as they won 3-0 at home park. Peter, we'll come to you first, our guest today. Um, 3-0, great result, but ironically, it felt like possibly our worst performance in a good number of games. What was your, what was your view on the game? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I, I listened to uh, their manager, was it Jan uh, Thomason afterwards, and a lot of people said he wasn't very gracious in, about losing, but uh, if uh, Shuey had come out and said exactly the same words last week at Birmingham, um, I would have felt they were justified. Um, swings and roundabouts. Last week, the luck went against us. This week, it was in our favor and uh, very happy about the result. I think the defining moment for me is that, you know, six minutes into the game, they work the ball upfield. Uh, Hedges is through one-on-one against Connor Hazard, and he puts it wide the best opportunity for any player to score in the entire match. And he just muffed it. And that sort of exemplified Blackburn's lack of finishing. And uh, we finished three reasonable chances. Yeah, those first 20 minutes were um, were nervy stuff, weren't they? For those 20 minutes, I've got to say, Blackburn looked like probably by far the best team we've seen at home park. Because they were just, it was relentless. And like you say, that chance, how he didn't score. <laughs> it was, um, I thought it was offside or the ref had blown a whistle. It was that kind of delayed reaction to it. It was, it was, it was bizarre. It was really odd. It was actually a mistake by uh, Kessler Hayden. He, uh, I think Sam Gallagher had put the ball across yeah, yeah. and Hayden went for the ball, just didn't get it. And uh, Hedges just went right through, wide open goal, just you know, Connor to beat and slots it wide. And we like, thank you very much. And they seem to sort of repeat that. A lot of their shooting was, I think, rather appalling. They had another chance, I think, in the second half. I I forget who it was, but he chipped it over the top. And there was a certain amount of, uh, you know, from Gibbs, uh, Gibson and so forth, a lot of scrambling to clear shots off, throw bodies in front of the ball. Um, a good deal of that. But at the same time, let's be thankful for the finishing. Uh, I think we were very clinical. Yeah, it was a hectic start, that's for sure. Uh, Chris, it was a hectic start, which, which saw a uh, slightly lucky, fortunate goal for our goal. Uh, big deflection, but it's about time we had a bit of luck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and actually to the point that somebody messaged me saying they couldn't get in. You know, their, their TV, Argyle TV, wasn't working at the time. And I was like, I'd stay out if I were you. After the first 20 minutes, it was like, that was how it felt it was going. It really was a very, very difficult start. But we, we sort of talked about this. We had no luck in the first, in the last two games. None whatsoever. Nothing bounced our way. You know, we psychoanalyzed for about 20 minutes last week, the ball bouncing around in the last... Um, 15 seconds <laughs> but sometimes you just need a slice of luck and how lucky is it though you know that deflected goal you don't get if you don't shoot um I think the fortune came with their lack of finishing but the, the, the longer it went on the more it became like it felt like a game plan mm. 
And let's face it, they did what we thought Birmingham did to us. We kind of sat back. We we got a lucky goal. Towards the end, it looked like anyone was we, we might score more than three. So not that the performance wasn't great, but the plan worked. Yeah, <laughs> no, it certainly did. It was interesting that Shui highlighted that he felt it wasn't that great of a performance. And he he was keen to stress the amount of games we've had in this opening block, as he referred to it. And now we've got a two-week break, which we'll touch on later. But yeah, those 20 minutes were worrying, weren't they? And we didn't look quite at it. He said himself, we kind of looked half a yard off the pace. But something changed. I think he said in his uh, post-match press that they changed the press for the second half and therefore changed our approach. And we got two quick-fire goals. Again, I mean, it feels how many times do we sit here and say that? Two quick-fire goals towards the mid-end point of the second half. Typical Argyle. Tom, I'll come to you. What was your view of the um, second half? Yeah, great. Um, I concur that um, the game's completely different if Hedges scores there, doesn't it? Um, there, there is a, yeah, that's a thing that we seem to do. It, it, we did it with Huddersfield, albeit we conceded a goal um, in that game. But yeah, there seems to be a point where we can change the game. We can do it last year. It seems to be that kind of 70-minute mark. Um, there's obviously something in our mentality of 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 how we're instructed. I would say because that that seems to be consistent from last year. But the the system definitely differs from last year, doesn't it? Um, that we're playing two different systems, but we're still doing that. I, what I can see from this year, only my observation is that we're very we stretch the game, seemingly deliberately, and 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 that's by playing you know attempting a sort of inverted fullback. Um, type of system with a with a four at the back. The game is stretched. Um, in you know we have the goal, we have the lead. Blackburn are attacking. You know they had some good chances at the beginning of the second half as well. Um, and we've 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 caught them because the game is stretched. Um, yeah, some of the pressing changed, Archie. But you know I, I'm I think Lady Luck had more of the uh, more of the impact on the result this week rather than anything tactically. Tom, just to, just to build on that in terms of the last season comparison, the system's different, but what felt like last year was that you almost felt that any one of the substitutes, especially around the 60th minute, could have been man of the match. Like, they, they really made a difference and they played extremely well. Whereas in the last couple of weeks, I think we've said it almost felt weaker, but yesterday really did feel like fresh legs straight swap and we just looked like we were playing on another level um you know i don't want to get into too much into individuals archie without your permission but but Cundall in particular was completely different gravy um when he came on yesterday like one of the best performances i think i've seen yeah the uh the subs it's interesting because in the huddersfield game i don't think we made a sub until about the 89th minute so that that wasn't to do that, that was more mumbers wonder goal but yeah that certainly helped and the fresh legs if the game is stretched how i see the the system um is that you know we we, we invert the fullbacks we're virtually playing two at the back and there's you know maybe five attackers um so we're attacking um very stretched when um when the you know if we get the first goal in games i think we could do this a lot what what felt like happened last year is when we when we lost we got hammered and we won every game kind of like 2-1 3-2 you know we just edged games how i see it this season is we've been coming out the wrong side of those sort of narrow 
defeats, but uh, if we're going to get the first goal and we're going to adopt that system, the, the team's going to have to chase. We're open, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if we do go 2-0, 3-0, 4-0 when they're chasing, particularly, like Chris says, if we're going to use the subs well. Yesterday was probably the first time this season I'd say that should we really nail um, you know, the, the, the substitutions. And, um, you know, if they, they're going to chase and we're going to... We've brought every every team so far into our game, haven't we? If all the games, so the five games have been crackers. Nobody's sort of imposed what they want to do on us. We've stretched the game and we've brought them to our level with mixed success. Um, and yesterday was one of those, yeah, the luck went our way. The other team had to chase the game and, and we punched them twice on the nose near the end. And, sorry, Archie, in addition to that, I think because we've got our guest today, Peter is one of the few people on the planet that knows what an inverted fullback is. <laughs> um is that Peter? Any observations? Uh, I'm not sure I'm the only person on the planet. I, I well, I'm not just, sorry, Peter. That means I don't know. So I assume <laughs> that nobody else knows. It's a it's a dad thing. So so the the the, the short summary is that you've got two. You got when you've got a back four, uh, your wide fullbacks are going to belt forward and often come inside. Sometimes they're going to go straight up like wingbacks. Sometimes they're going to come inside of your uh, defensive midfield player, in our case, uh, uh, Houghton. Um, and, and the great thing about this is it allows our wingers, so Ballymumba and, uh, and Morgan Whitaker, to come inside and do uh, playoffs from, uh, in, in Whitaker's case, it's going to be at Joe Edwards. In Ballymumba's case, it's going to be uh, Kessler Hayden. Now, and and so all of that width is why we're getting a lot of balls into the six-yard box for Hardy to chase down. So we're not seeing Hardy go wide or chasing long balls this season. We're seeing him doing what great forwards do, getting into the six-yard box and and just putting in the ball. In the back of the net now the real weakness is is that when it turns over you've got your wide fullback so far forward there's gaps behind them and somebody has to slow the uh advance of the opposition and we saw a lot of that where uh either edwards or kesler hayden are right up uh you know far into the field and suddenly they're sprinting back so it's a really challenging way to play. It requires a lot of stamina from uh, Kessel Hayden and Edwards and a lot of intelligence. When to go forward and when to hold back, when to come in, when to stay wide. Um, there's a lot of critical decision making and it's very risky. And we saw uh, uh, Blackburn come at us again and again on those transitions and that's where we looked weak and it makes us vulnerable interesting on that um about the 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 stamina and the intelligence um kane kessler hayden seems to be a very intelligent footballer for a young man and joe we know is intelligent and um, his stamina is very impressive he tends to get better in games so i think they're doing well on those counts it's more for you there archie because 
do you feel that you know where we're getting turned over it did happen is that a weakness of us or or is in my mind that i don't know if it's just a weakness or just a shortcoming of you know we're playing a certain way you have to be good at some things and lesser at some things and we're just accepting that we're we're going to be open and that's going to happen and we're going to have to we're going to have to um, roll with the punches yeah well peter summed it up perfectly there's so many pros to this new formation to this tactical approach but a major con is those transitions those turnovers and as a result of that, you've got Pleggy and Gibson being pulled here, there, and everywhere. Um, and there's space. There's lots of space. And let's be honest, Blackburn should have scored from at least one of those turnovers yesterday. Edwards, Kessa Hayden are, are far, far up, and there's just it's literally just a two-man defence um, from that turnover that Peter highlighted. And Blackburn should have scored. Peter? Yeah, I think that's true. The great thing about the timing of the international break is that now the coaching staff are going to have two weeks to study how this new approach is working out over the five games um, and do a lot of training and a lot of working with the players to sort of make them uh, better at this approach. One of the things that I think we as fans tend to underestimate is the, the learning curve that happens into the season. And we've got a really great uh, coaching staff. So we don't go out and buy uh, the most expensive players who you know exactly what they're going to do. We're getting younger players who've got a learning curve before them. And that's where we're really strong. And so we're off to a great start. I think we're, you know, we're mid-table. Um, very, I think all of us would have taken you know, seven points from the first five games at the start of the season. Now we've got two weeks to progress our learning and it's going to be a very tough game against Preston. I'm uh, I'm with Peter on that. I think I want to look at it in the round, Archie. I think we got away with... Um, we got away... We, we were lucky. We were lucky yesterday, weren't we? Um, you know, and, and that got that chance in the sixth minute is so pivotal because if we've got this strategy, which is going to rely us on picking apart teams when a game is stretched, I mean, and and the first goal in football is enough of a commodity anyway. Um, so we were lucky and, and, and they had 18 shots and three on target or something like that. And, you know, they're expected, um, you know, their XG on target was really, really low compared to their XG. So, um, but I'm looking at that in the round in that, you know, uh, Peter mentions the, 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 what, what is it? Are we seven points from five games? I feel we deserve that. I'm not. I don't. I. I'm not going to make. Did we deserve to win yesterday? Probably not. Did we deserve to lose to Birmingham? Absolutely not. Um, I feel that we've got about the right rewards for where for our endeavour so far. And I think it's also good to understand this. It's why every game is so good to watch. The way you described it, Peter, because you know it's a tactically what we're doing is saying we're going to ourselves to score more than them notwithstanding we're going to learn from it like there is a logic that there is a risk of being exposed but also that we do back ourselves to score more because we're creating better chances and i think that comes across and like you said tom like yesterday we got a deflection but there wasn't a huge amount of luck in the rest of the goals they had a bad day in front of the goal but in the last few games we've hit the post we've hit the bar we've had ones cleared off the line i think it's a really good summary seven points from five games it's starting to feel like, forget the individual games, that's a fair result. Yeah. 
I, there was something with that first goal that really caught my eye. What you see is that uh, I think it comes off uh, Randall pushes the ball to Houghton. Houghton does a long pass to Hardy. Hardy then cuts it back to uh, Morgan Whitaker. And the first thing you see is that all of their central defenders, two central defenders, come rushing in to close down Morgan Whitaker. And they leave about 10 yards of open space around Finazaz. And so Whitaker just slots the ball over to Finazaz. Now, in the end, he needed that deflection to score the goal. But uh, the nervousness that people like Whitaker and Mumba cause in opposition um, are creating opportunities for everyone else to score. And so they're great shooting outside the box. Uh, I think Whitaker had a great game. But the nervousness, how defenses respond to him and to, to Mumba is fantastic. It really creates a lot of space for everyone else. Yeah, let's let, let's touch on Ryan Hardy. He's had a fantastic start to the season, hasn't he? Three goals in four games. Yeah, and he's he's developed his game. He's playing in a new system. Sure, he stressed that in his um, presser after the game. Isn't it four goals in five games? Yeah, I'll 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 defer to your knowledge, Peter. As I said, as I said, three. I thought that doesn't sound like much. Um, to summarise, he's doing bloody well, isn't he? Yeah, he's. It's a different type of situation he's in this season because he's not having to run onto the long balls or things like that. Um, his speed of reactions uh, to opportunities in crowded boxes uh, are really paying dividends. And let's give him credit for the. Uh, the third goal, Kundal's goal. Um, you know, there's a, a long kick from uh, Connor Hazard. He goes up, uh, challenges for it. It bounces about 30 yards. He then runs back, challenges it, and forces the goalie to make an error. Then he jumps again with another defender. And I don't know who gets ahead on the ball, but it ends up falling to Luke Kundal, who just lobs it over the keeper. And so Hardy gets full assist credit for that goal in my book. Yeah. Uh, Peter, you're right. Four and five. Thanks for, thanks for being awake. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really, really come on for me. And I think we always said, oh, he's going to do well. He's going to do great in the championship, running on to these three balls, you know, like he did in League One. But to see his game develop and I but think... Also, just on that, Archie, as well, oh, in, the, in that two-week break, I think there's an opportunity, you know, whether be playing for Scotland if someone can say this is this is what you're doing Ryan you are chasing like an animal you are scoring goals but you need to realize when you get the chance to think about it and you try and shoot your football boots turn into spoons so we need you to stop doing that because that he's I'm sort of joking but I'm sort of serious like when he gets the ball and he's a long way out the next bit of education is don't shoot dude <laughs> don't yeah. shoot yeah it's not you, you know, just play the simple ball. And I think there's even further for him to develop in that because he's been incredible and we want him doing more of the chasing and less of the trying to put it in from 30 yards. Uh, Chris, you raise, I think, the most underappreciated skill in football, and that's intelligence. Uh, when you've got players who have, you know, run an hour and a half of 
lung bursting sprints up and down the field and they get a half a second to make a decision about whether to kick the ball long, pass it short, or, or set somebody else up, that is very, very tough. And athletes who can run incredible amounts of time, speed, and still think intelligently and make the right decisions, that's where it's at. And one of the things that's interesting, because we have a very young squad, a lot of young players, their intelligence is increasing very rapidly. And so, you know, we can always throw plaudits at Joe Edwards. He's almost invariably the most intelligent player on the field. He rarely makes a mistake. He always makes the right pass. When we thought about last week, <clears throat> there was the criticism of Morgan Whitaker about, you know, deep into extra time, he does a long pass that ends up going straight to the Birmingham keeper. He had just been hit, he'd been clattered, he'd gone down, a little bit of a knock to the head, and that wasn't the right decision for that long pass. However, given everything else that he does, is absolutely brilliant. I have no criticism of Morgan Whitaker whatsoever. Um, but we will see uh, improvement in our play throughout the season as our players understand what's going on and make better decisions. Um, yeah, look, before we have a break, we can't mention intelligent footballers and not touch on Julio Plegatuelo. He made his uh, full start, his starting league debut yesterday, came in for Dan Scar, as recommended by certain members of this podcast last week. He had wasn't perfect, but it wasn't far off. What an entrance. Tom, you have formed the Pleggy fan club. What, what have you got to say? Oh, he's, he's beautiful, isn't he? Um, <laughs> his football's okay as well. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm madly in love. I've fallen very deep. Um, he um, he just does the stuff that I don't appreciate, but he does it really well and really beautifully. Does it that sort of marshalling, watching, shepherding. How many times did he get down into the corner? Bear in mind he's playing centre-back, albeit, you know, what becomes a two when we're playing inverted full-backs. Really getting in some pace, shepherding it out into the corner, getting away, and the composure. Oh, goodness me. I don't think I've seen a defender on the ball any any better on the ball in home park ever, and I'm basing this on about, you know, two League Cup games and a, and a, and a league match. There was a moment... It's very similar to a move at uh, Stamford Bridge um, in the FA Cup a few years back, where Argyle, the transition, as they moved up the pitch, was fantastic, and he was pivotal to that. I think he played it to Edwards, he possibly played it back, and just the intelligence and the passing he had really set the, set the, set the mood for that, for that move. It, yeah, fantastic. I want Tom to do when... Harry met Pleggy again. <laughs> oh, no. oh yes, he was. Oh, it was just. Um, I, I know where you're coming from. Oh, God, I didn't even know. It was, no, you, no, you don't. <laughs> do we have to put parental warnings on this podcast now? We do now. That's an extra. Bit of homework. We do now. But, but I don't. There is just. 
there's something satisfying about someone doing not a lot extremely well. You know what I mean? Like, I think just, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I watched it yesterday, and this is someone with a signed Dan Skarsgård shirt, even, as you'll all know. And it was just what I think he can bring to us is not to be underestimated. I think we talk about it a lot, but whatever we're doing to identify him and convince him to come to Plymouth, that should not be underestimated. You know, he was off, as far as we know, pretty much off radar. Um, I guess a, an exciting prospect, a different type of excitement to Mumba, but just, I was very similar. Watching that yesterday, I've not seen so much of the League Cup games, but just, my goodness, we've got a player here. We really do. I think you make a good point there, mate. Um, um, you know, because he was signed two £1 million players ago. And we forgot how much of a scoop it was to get him. I don't know too much about the details. I know it's a free transfer, but he was, um, he feels like we, we feel like we've got someone who somebody else would have wanted. Um, not saying that, you know, people don't want Morgan Wizard or Barley Mumba, but their own clubs, their championship clubs have given them to us for a, for a low sum. Um, but yeah, Pleggy seems a real steal, doesn't he? Um, and yeah, I'm very excited about what football team will become with him sort of leading us from the back. He did mention, actually, uh, funny you say, Tom, that he turned down offers in Europe um, to come to us. Obviously, it was a fairly personal decision to come back home. I think his wife is English, um, but undoubtedly an incredible signing, an incredible signing. Interestingly, there's currently a vice captain vacancy. Surely he's got to be up there for contenders to be a contender rather for that position. I don't think there's a vacancy, mate, if I'm being honest. I think there's possibly this loyalty to Randall because Randall's got the skill set um, to be in that position long term. But it feels like Pleggy at the moment. I mean, to be given the captain's armband on debut happens very rarely uh, at any club. It's happened very few times at Plymouth Argyle. The one time that I can think that it did happen, it didn't go very well. It's one. Um you know, big show of faith from um, from Shuey. But, I mean, he's had more access to Pleggy than we've had. I'm thinking about the the, the watching him before we signed him and then, and then in training. And obviously due to his suspension, we haven't seen a lot of him. It's it's exactly what we wanted, isn't it? Because he couldn't play. Dan Scar came in, did really well. Um, he's done really well, Scar. Isn't he? he arguably doesn't deserve to be dropped. If we don't have Pleggy there waiting in the wings, it would be harsh to drop him. But the, the competition is, has given us a, a situation where Dan's, you know, minor indiscretions in the Birmingham game, you know, a, a decent performance with a few errors um, means he drops out. And actually, just because just 20 seconds on on Randall in Mark's absence, I think Mark's at Flambards or Morewellham Key or another landmark that closed in the 90s. Other, other Devon and Cornwall attractions are available. Yeah. Um, but I think Randall had his best game yesterday as well. Um he, he really did play well. Um, and I think Mark would have been very keen for that to be pointed out where he here today. Yeah, we're missing you, Mark. Enjoy your holiday. Okay, on that note, we'll take a wee break and then return to talk about Palace and our new deadline day signing. Okay, let's rewind things now as we look at the... Palace game, the game no one saw, apart from if you were in the stadium. Tom, you were in the stadium. Can you give us your thoughts on the game? 
Uh, very good game. Superb game of football. Weird game of football. Um, um, it surprised me from the off how many changes we made. They made less changes. They had more first teamers in them than, than we did. I felt that was asking for trouble. But up until about minute 60, no problem whatsoever. We caused them a lot of problems. I love how um, we can bring our second team in who've not had many minutes and they immediately replicate the culture, the philosophy, if not the exact same system as the first team. It was like a switch. It went on immediately. Um, Players like Matt Butcher and Tariq Wright were in causing problems. The system was a little different. The the midfield, the, the four players behind Ben Wayne were a little flatter. It was definitely a 4-1-4-1 with Warrington being the, the defend, defensive midfielder. Um, and they didn't know how to handle us. They have, you know, Tyreek uh, Mitchell and um, they had Nathaniel Klein at right back, international fullbacks. Couldn't handle it, making a lot of errors. Uh, we were pu- pushing and pulling all over the place. It really suited Ben Wayne because rather than sort of completely replicating Ryan Hardy's role, the, the four players behind him caused chaos. And uh, and he picked the spaces really well. Um, super impressed. Uh, came out second half, much the same. They made they made some changes at the break. They were getting a little bit more possession, but we were still on top. Then um, they make a triple change, and blimey, in five minutes the game's completely flipped on its head. Um, and I don't know what to make of it because I think it's amazing to see how good, you know, they they brought on their sort of front three players not the striker but the the three number 10s and they had a very good five minutes i think we're always trying to look at, at for some blame and go well you know losing three goals in five minutes is bad at any level but i think it was just a freak uh occurrence that probably wouldn't happen again if you repeated it 99 times in 100 um and warrington got subbed off and and should we put uh, attackers on and we were playing essentially four zero six, and uh, you know we tried to push for a goal, couldn't get one, and they got another. Um, fascinating game, but really impressed with how our second string competed with a Premier League side. Um, Peter, would you like to quickly touch on Eze? Um, a bit of Eze appreciation. Make it quick, because not our player. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, what a player! I mean, we were tired when he came on. But we couldn't get near him. We we've got great players, but he just when he had the ball, we just dribbled through. I don't know he, if he could have just dribbled the ball all night, as far as I could tell. Nobody could get anything on him. He and he set up two goals. Um, just absolutely brilliant. You got to stand up sometimes and just admire the opponent. A player that was, of he, course, in the championship only three years ago. At QPR has done well. Um, moving things on to our own players. It was a chance for us to see our fringe fringe team, our fringe players, Wayne, Tariq Wright, Warrington. I don't know if Warrington's a fringe player at this early, early stage of his career. Callum Burton. Tom, I'll come to you again. I mean, this could potentially be the last time we see, well, certainly Burton in green or pink uh, as he's a keeper. <laughs> what, did you make of, what did you make of our fringe players? I was impressed. Uh, I've, I've said on the pod uh, a few episodes that we've done now that uh, Ben Wayne hasn't um, um, used his cameos to make an impression of himself. It's a bit early to write him off, but um, you know, I'm, I go back to that Southampton one, and that I would go as far as say his contributions were unacceptable. Um, 
And there was a little bit of pressure on him, I suppose, from that sense. But he really flourished. He was a real thorn in the sides of the of the of the two central defenders for Crystal Palace, and it's comfortably the best I've seen him in a, in a Plymouth Argyle shirt. And it gave me a lot of confidence that he can in the tank. There, I wasn't sure if he had it, um, but I can now see that it is possible for Ben Wayne to play in a in a good Plymouth Argyle team and cause a good team some problems. Whether that happens all the time or what's stopping that from happening consistently, I don't know, but it is possible. Um, might involve a slight, uh, slight uh, system change, but um, we don't know. The, look, um, Tariq Wright, very strong. Kandal, great. Um, Warrington did well. He's struggled to uh, get to grips in the, in the small cameos he's had so far. Um, Defence, I mean... Um, yeah, look, we conceded a lot of goals. Butcher was at fault for one of them. Burton could have done better in some areas, but I, I, I don't know. I think I know Callum's skill set and facilities. Um, and, you know, it was just very unfortunate to be exposed by three or four minutes of brilliance where they made every moment count. Um, nobody came away on Tuesday with lower stock, Archie. Um, despite losing, we don't want to lose, and we have to ask what on earth happened in that three minutes there. But again, I really, I, you know, it happened in such a flash, even in the stadium. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I guess the thing is, though, there's not going to be a lot of chance for Callum Burton, Tariq Wright, to um, well, to have much game time after this. Like now we're out of the cup. There's no Papa John's, no, no Pizza Cup this year. So it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky for them, isn't it? In between now and January for them to get much game time. Because someone else might have a view on this, but what do you, what do you mean by fringe and second team? Like, uh, maybe he was in the first team yesterday. Like, there's a lot of rotation going on. I, 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 I get the point, but is it really a fringe team? Is it not just a different... I agree with you. I feel, I I feel there's some fringe positions, isn't there? I agree like, with Chris there. I think it's a little harsh calling them fringe. Plego was fringe until he, you know, he played yesterday. Now I think we'd all probably all agree he's probably likely to start ahead of of Scar, uh, Luke Cundall, uh, Callum Wright. I think they they're gonna they're gonna play in league games. They're gonna be coming off the bench, and the idea that they're not gonna get much time before January. Let's hope not, because. But if we get a knock on one of our starting 11, uh, things are going to be changed around. Yeah, Peter, I think you make a good point. And there's clearly there's a lot of rotation going on, especially in that midfield with six or so. I think for me and Tom, possibly the fringe players are Tariq Wright. I don't know. I think Ben, I don't know if Ben Wayne's a fringe player. There's only two strikers when I have three at the club. And Callum Burton. Wright and Burton are the two that jump off the page to me as definitely fringe now. Yeah. I, I, I admit, therefore, there's only two players, whereas the rest of the team, well, it does and, feel much and, more and, kind of rotating. Yeah, Chris? Sorry, Wright, Wright was excellent yesterday when he came on. Like, I think it's a squad game now. It is a squad game. Um, and there may be a few that pick themselves, but but not many. Everyone there is up for being rotated depending on the opposition and so I think I think we've got less right less opportunity to experiment now because I think we probably experiment more in a cup game, but still. No, I do I do believe there's going to be some kind of game 
over the next two weeks, um, whether it's going to be in-house or a friendly with somebody else. I think I've heard uh, Shui talk about that as sort of a chance to put some competitive minutes into um, these players who are not getting a lot of minutes in league games. Um, yeah, I, I kind of hear what you're, um, you're saying there, Chris, I suppose the, um, the, the lack of minutes, um, now, I mean, the happy camp, let's, that's what kind of where I'm going with last year. I, I don't want to underestimate how important it was last year where we outperformed our expectations and we outperformed some squads with better players. And I think the chemistry and the team spirit and the happiness of everybody was important to that. And it could be very marginal things that change that. So, you know, the guys playing um, some pizza cup minutes are, uh, are important. We don't have that this year. So the rotation then has to happen in the league games if he chooses not to do that to preserve, you know, just to have his best team on the pitch, that could, you know, players could get the ump, frankly, you know, it took a while to get me the words out there, but if, if players get the hump because they're not playing, that could have a negative impact. And I think we need to appreciate how well that was managed last year. But if you haven't got games, you haven't got games. Peter makes a point that there might be a friendly game. Is that enough? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think we've established essentially there's two or three who would be worried, who we're worried about, who will not be seeing much game time. Of course, stranger things have happened, and yeah, we could. That's one way of putting it. That's the most negative way of putting it. Well, okay. The other way to say it is we have a very competent squad. That okay, we can rotate Chris. Chris, are you going to? Are you expected to see Tariq Wright feature in the next five games? I'm not. No, there you go. So that's what, and I appreciate you and you and Peter have made very good points. Ninety percent of the squad is, or eighty percent, the kind of there's a. There's a lot of rotation going on there, but there is a few, a very few, a tiny amount. And Tariq Wright's probably the one we're thinking of, really, if we're being really honest, who you just can't, you, you wonder what the next few months have in store for him, really, in terms of game time. And then and then there's another attacker to come in in, uh, in, in our deadline day signing. Um, you know, so that's three strikers all pushing for one place. If if there's going to be some movement around there, that they're, you know, if we're going to see two of those on the pitch at the same time, they're going to be in a position that Tariq Wright wants to play in, aren't we? So, Yeah, let's talk about Mustafa Bundu. Um, our deadline day signing. There's a quiz in the making, possibly deadline day signings. Um, feels like we haven't had one for a while. Obviously, our, our move for a unnamed Middlesbrough striker, Phil fell through on a Wednesday evening. I got but the yeah, impression got... that uh, before Wednesday morning, nobody outside of the data team, the recruit team, Jimmy Dickinson and his, and, and his cohorts, had even heard the name uh, Mustafa Bundu. It seemed like it came up very quickly after things fell through with Josh Coburn. And then it seems like even then he may have not been the second choice, but after that yeah yeah the the real lesson for me is the absolute trust that shuey and everyone else at the club put in jimmy dickinson and the data team to identify good players and i think if there's one thing about the club that we can be 
really happy about in the last couple of seasons is that our recruitment has been absolutely phenomenal. Our ability to identify good signings, either you know, on permanent signings or as loan signings, has been absolutely phenomenal. We would not be where we are without that, uh, that process. And so if they say uh, Mustafa Bundu is going to be a contributor to our first team, I am not going to doubt it. Yeah, Peter, just to jump in there, you make um, an interesting point. And Shuey was actually very open in his um, in his post-match uh, presser yesterday, the one I refer to constantly throughout this pod, it feels like, um, and said basically his KPIs, his key performance indicators, stood out. They jumped off the page. And that's, you know, the Argyle data team have a very certain, have a certain set of KPIs that they look for. And he fitted into that, essentially. Um, however, what was key, sorry, just to finish this point really quick, what was key is that he was coming on a permanent and not a loan. So it, it, we still have a free loan spot for January, which Shui made a real point of. And he said that was a big um, indicator and then going down the Bundu route and not, he said, they had, he, I think he mentioned one or two other loan options that they decided against because they wanted to have that um, option to exercise in January. Chris, over to you. Well, I mean, from my extensive research of a 90-second highlights reel, it's quick, right? And pace you can't teach. So, and pace goes a very long way in any division, I think. Um, and secondly, when he strikes a ball, it stays hit, to coin a phrase, which for people like me is just really exciting. It's like, I, I, if, if, a, if a half volley drops to him on the edge of the box, I might go full Tom Kirk pass out with excitement at what might be about to come. Like It'll either go in the top corner uh, or literally in the sea, but he's he's definitely quick. Like If you watch those highlight reels, the boy can move, and I think that alone, if you're saying there are coachable other KPIs, is, is really important in this division. The, the signing has vibes of the Cosgrove signing, doesn't it, from um, 12 months ago, where everybody's pretty underwhelmed by the feedback of his current club. Um, that seems to be the case here, or there seems to be, it seems to have raised a few eyebrows. Um, there seems to be a lot more in the open at this moment in time. We obviously, we know that um, we tried to get Coburn before we went for Cosgrove. I don't know if we knew that at the time it came out later, but we've done our business in public on this one. Also it's, it's, you know, it's been pretty obvious we need a striker just on the on the on the numbers in the squad and, and how we play on the players we've lost. We've lost Cosgrove and Ennis and not replaced them. The two players that we do have were with us last year. So um it, nobody needs a degree to work out what we needed, which was some depth in that area. Um it feels a little bit plan I wouldn't go as far as plan Z, but it doesn't feel like plan B, Archie. It feels a bit like plan C, D or E. And it's interesting Shuey's caveated that with having the loan option. So um, I think he's managed our expectations on Bundu. But look, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he's going to do he's going to do a specific job. I don't think he's been brought in to be a starter. I feel he actually probably comes in behind Wayne. So he's um, a super backup, isn't he? Or he's probably going to be looking to contribute at very specific points in matches where I do have utmost faith in our recruitment team and our um, coaching team, our football management team, drawing all that together to go, um, Mustafa, go on and do something very specific. Um, 
And they did that very well with Sam Cosgrove in the first few months that he was with us. And we've paid a fee for him. Let's not forget. It's not a free transfer. Well, we don't know. It's undisclosed. But that leads you to believe there's a fee. Money has been paid for his services. So there must be a degre- degree of faith in this guy. It must be. I'm intrigued what Pete, Peter, what you think. My version was he's quick and he can kick the ball very hard, yeah, which is about as bring, unsophisticated as it gets. So. Yeah, he brings some interesting attributes. While he has normally been recruited as backup to Ryan Hardy and Ben Wayne as a third out-and-out number nine striker, um, it's important to know he plays on all across the front, front three. Last season, he was on loan from Anderlecht to uh, FC Andorra, playing in the uh, uh, Spanish La Liga Division Two, And he was playing primarily as a sort of right winger in that role that we have Morgan Whitaker in right now. So if Whitaker is injured, is suspended, um, we might see him come in and play in that role. And likewise for Ballymumba. Um, Maybe not, but he has that ability to play in both of those positions. And I think you're exactly right. His speed is really, really important. I think it's what I don't know and will be interesting to see is how fit he is. What I don't know what kind of preseason he had. Um, he may need uh, three to four weeks of pretty intensive training with the first team before he starts to get on the bench or maybe we'll see him for, you know, 10, 15 minutes at the end of matches. We could always send him back on loan to Nuki for a fortnight. The visceral finisher. So just uh, people at home there may laugh at that a bit more. Chris was muted while he was laughing at my hilarious gag. Of course he was. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sure, sure is an interesting signing. It was a nerve-wracking evening, that's for sure. I dread to think how it was for the Argyle data team, the recruitment team, um, when Plan B had to be activated on Wednesday evening, I think it was. Um, yeah, what a 48 hours it must have been for them. Um, all well, right. I think you're starting to see, Archie. I've just got a little point on this. I don't want to go yeah, too go much because it. it's probably a separate pod in itself, maybe even for next week when there's no game. But... Um, we are dead last, aren't we, with our wage budget in the league. And I don't think you have to look too hard to find out a long-term sustainability in the championship is loosely based on your wage budget. We've got a great manager. We've got a great squad. We're uh, punching well above our weight. That will come up, That will uh, average out, even out, become efficient with the market, whatever we can turn a phrase for that at some point, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe not in five years, but eventually we're going to have to get good at buying players and selling them, aren't we? Now, we like our players. What I think is interesting about the the feeling between the fans and the, and the playing staff at the moment is there a deep connection. So I don't want to be looking at players like Whittaker and Barley Mumba going, goodness, they're going to be gone in 12 months. So it might have to be around players like your Ben Waynes and your Tariq Wrights and your Bundus that you go, okay, we buy them in for X and we sell them for Y. And that's how we add a few more coffers into the budget. And we do that habitually um, to give us, you know, a, a better budget so we can get better first team players in. And um, that's not lost on me. And this might be the start of that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, especially with the likes of Niall Ennis. I mean, that essentially can't really happen again. I mean, I don't know how much we can blame the club for that if he's refused to sign a contract. 
what can you do? Um, well, he's, 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 he'd be very expensive right now at this moment in time, by the way, I might add, Archie. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like we're being dis- we were disingenuous, but he had injury problems. He were, you know, he was good when he was good, but he did have time out. So, yeah, if he was here now. He'd be on the bench, right, or in the in the treatment room. <laughs> I hope you're not listening, Niall. Um, all right, guys. On that, we'll take a on that note. We'll take a wee break. Prepare ourselves for a bit of shoey spiel. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, welcome back to part three. Obviously, we're going into the international breaks. So no preview this week, which means we get to jump headfirst into a bit of shoey spiel. Now, this week we're going back to the original format. We've got about thirty or so possible answers, so plenty to choose from. Chris, no panic needed. And in this quiz, Timar. <laughs> it's wrong. It's already <laughs> wrong. Um, and this week's quiz is based on the transfer window, which of course closed on Friday and we got our deadline day signing. But what you guys will have to do is name the 30 or near 30 comings and goings in Plymouth Argyle's transfer activity over the summer transfer window. Chris, you look baffled. Any questions before we kick things off? This transfer window, the players we've signed and we let go since last year. Yeah. Is that what we're so, yep, exactly. Including released, gone out on loan, signed pro deals, or signed on a record transfer fee. Anything and everything. Any questions before we kick things off? Peter, how are you <laughs> feeling about that? I'm not feeling good at all, but uh, <laughs> I'll get two or three maybe out of 30. I bloody hope you will. We've got the a record. 10% count as a pass. Pardon me? 10%. <laughs> Grade me on All a right. curve, on a very generous curve. We'll, we'll start things off with Chris, go to Peter, then Tom, then back down to Chris. All right? Chris. Morgan Whitaker. There we go. Good knowledge. Sally Mumba. Fantastic. Tom. Uh, oh. It's probably too late for questions. Um, I'm assuming loans count, so I'm going to say Finazaz. Finazaz is an in and an out. Do I get two points? Um, I decided not to include the loans going. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Bit of housekeeping there. Yeah, so that your Sam Cosgroves and Nigel Longvikes, they're not on the list. But it's a good point. I thought it, I wasn't too sure. I understand. But loans in is okay. Loans in is okay. Yes. Finazaz. Loan transfer from Aston Villa. Uh, Chris, we're back to you. Connor Hazard. Yeah. Connor Hazard. Signed from Celtic. Wasn't expecting that one. For about 150k. Uh, Luke Cundall. Luke Cundall. Loan transfer from Wolves. Tom. Uh, The superb Caden Kessler-Hayden. Probably one of our um, least anticipated, least hyped transfers. Um, I've got to say, I've never heard of him before he joined. But yeah, he's had a fantastic start on loan, of course. Kane, Kessler, Hayden. Chris. Pleggy. Julio Pleguthuelo on a free transfer from SA20 in the Eredivisie. 
in the Netherlands. Peter. I'll slide slightly to the left. Uh, uh, Gibson, Lewis Gibson. Yep, another free transfer. Centre-back, of course. Free transfer from Everton. Lewis Gibson. Tom. Uh, Bandu. Our latest recruit for an undisclosed fee from Andelect. Chris. Isaka. Oh. Yeah, no, he's right. Isaka. Does that count? It does. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, you're counting youngsters turning pro. I, I did, I believe I specified that in my intro. If I didn't, you did. Apo- apologies. Isaka, yeah, uh, he signed a pro deal within the last month, I believe. Yeah, Freddie Isaka of Wales. He signed, according to transfer mark from Plymouth Argyle under 18s. Um, so yeah, that is a sign. <laughs> I'll Peter. go with our uh, other Lewis, uh, Lewis Warrington. Yes, Lewis Warrington. Another the Everton invasion continues on loan from Everton. Tom. Uh, seems like I wasn't listening the first time, and I learnt the second time round about uh, youngsters joining. The, um, then uh, we've Caleb Roberts. Yes, Caleb Roberts. Now. The outgoings list is untouched. Just a little helping hand there. And there's two left on the incomings, and they are they are niche. So there's a, there's a helping hand for you all. Uh, Chris. So outgoings. Untouched thus yeah. far. Yep. <laughs> Ennis. No, Ennis. The first to leave us, I believe. Of now on um, in the Blackburn Rovers treatment room. Peter. I'll stay on top. Uh, Luke uh, Jeffcott. Yes, that's a good one. He could have easily been forgotten. Spent the season out on loan at Swindon. Did okay. Now playing with Graham Carey in Scotland in Perth at St. Johnston. Tom. Uh, Danny Mayer. Yep. Danny Mayer. With now managerless Fleetwood. Or managerless at point of recording. Scott Brown got fired. Yeah. Left fairly amicably. Um, I think he needed to move up north for family reasons, so a new contract wasn't uh, offered to him, so he left on a free to Fleetwood in League One. Tom. Uh, Chris. Sorry. Connor Grant. Yeah, literally beneath Mayer in my list. Connor Grant, not offered a contract, now playing for Port Vale. Peter. Uh, James Wilson. Again, yeah, you're, it's like you can see the answer sheet. Yep. Beneath uh, Conor Grant, James Wilson, currently playing for Bristol Rovers. Now I'm running out of ideas. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting into into youngster territory here. Tom? Um, I know one because I saw him a couple of days ago and I saw his old man. Um, And he's now playing his trade for Malzal AFC. Yes. In the Southern Prem, and his name is Brandon Purcell. Flipping heck. Mausel FC. Well, I didn't think they would get a mention on today's pod. Chris. What? Playing green in a lovely team. <laughs> Fantastic. Chris. Being from Devon, it's still Mausel to me. Um, <laughs> I have Ryan Law. Yeah. Oh, rats. That was my one go-to. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Law. I was praying you wouldn't say Ryan Law. 
playing at Truro City, managed by Paul Watson, of course, left on a free transfer. We didn't offer him a new contract. Um, he was out on loan at Yeovil and Gillingham. Surprised he week. dropped down that low, actually. I liked Ryan. I thought, yeah, I think he would have had no, someone to offer a little really higher up stuck. than that. Yeah, there's a bit of a fall from grace for him. Um, there's one kind of first team regular that left. Uh, last season, at the end of last season, it was released, and the rest are youngsters. So we're really in the depths of it now. It's tricky. It's a tricky one, Peter. You do have a yellow card. You can, I can issue you a yellow card, and you'll be skipped. So you'll stay yellow in. Yellow so card, okay. me. Yellow card, me. Yeah, you are booked. Yellow card, Tom. The first team must be James Bolton. Yeah, James Bolton. Who some some would say was our best player, best defender. Sorry, when he was fit. Problem was he was um he was really fit. Currently you got to be you got you got to be able to play football to, to be our best player, Archie. Exactly. Currently playing for Saint Mirren in the Premiership. I think Saint Mirren are doing really well this season. Chris. So, somebody scored for Parkway yesterday. He's got it. He's got you right. You're right. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't said the name yet. That's, you're on the right track. Yeah. You're on the right I've track. Got no idea what, I've got no idea what their name is, but it was in. <laughs> no, I think I know. Who, oh, you've just triggered a great memory. Uh, I, okay, I think I know who you've just hinted at. We've got two players currently playing for Plymouth Parkway. Oh, sorry. Two players that have left us playing for Plymouth Parkway. Um, two playing for Torquay. And one at Tiverton. Parkway. Can you give me a clue? Like, rhymes with or their name? Parkway was a bit of a clue. But... <laughs> I thought you said Tiverton. No, I, I thought that. you said Tiverton Parkway. That's a train station. That's not a team. No, sorry. There's one player who left on loan to go to Tiverton. There's two that have gone to Parkway, Plymouth Parkway. One on loan, one on a free. And there's two at Torquay, both. Oh, no, one on free, one on a loan. Get all that? I... Yeah, I don't know their names. What? There was. Could no, be problematic. Yeah. Okay, Peter. I am so relieved you didn't get it because I finally remembered it. Adam Parks uh, is goalkeeper yeah. now for Parkway, right? Yeah, yeah, he was our third choice last year. Funny, Argyle Corinne. I don't think he ever got on the pitch, did he? Even he kind of scored yesterday. No, there wasn't, but there was someone else that scored yesterday. There was two for Parkway. There was someone that's currently on loan. It's got a header, I believe. Oh, one of our... Oh, God, I was thinking about the release. We've got players... There were some incomings. And you said they were youngsters. So that's the that's the guys who turned pro. And mm. the guy I'm thinking of is the defender, and he's called Halls, and he's called Oscar Halls. Oscar well, Halls. And that was Chris's... Um, that was Chris's answer, the one he was thinking of. He was scored yesterday, but it, please. But it, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> did he score yesterday? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. Well, full disclosure, I knew someone scored yesterday, but that isn't the one that I was trying to remember. It was someone who's got like a double barrel name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First name's Will. And oh, interesting. I know who you mean. I didn't. I thought he was already uh, pro long before this season. So Oscar Halls is gone, Chris. And there's one, the double barrel name. His first name is Will. He's on loan at Torquay. 
Will JD. This is, I'm giving you the answer now. This is sympathy. JD. Isn't it? JD. Jenkins Davis. Yes, Jenkins Davis. Knew it. Never in doubt. Peter. Now we've got four left. One's on one is on the incomings and outgoings list, which is quite um quite something. But yeah, they're all youngsters. So there's no shame in not getting this now. It's difficult. One at Tiverton, one at Torquay. Peter, you're um Deep you Yes, I'm humming and howing there, so I'm muting my humming and hawing. And, uh, <laughs> the, the listener's very uh, grateful. Uh, I'm, I'm asking for a clue. Torquay, Torquay. Who's at Torquay? Uh, position. Um, he's, position. I, I actually deleted the position off my um, list because it was becoming oh, a five-page document. Um, but uh, initials FC, and he left oh. on a free... Um, oh, Kras Kraski? Yep. Uh, Finley Kraski? Yep. There you go. <sighs> Big sigh. <laughs> well done. That was he a good one. That was a good one. last season, didn't he? I don't, maybe in the Pizza Cup. I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay, so we actually only got two left. So, Peter, you're, you're out. You've done. Congratulations, Tom Kirk. Well, hang on. No, that means no. I'm, I've still got a guess one. I've got no idea. So, <laughs> I think, I think, we, I think, I think, uh, I think we might be um, crowning Peter at this point, mate. Because I, I think I'm done. We go. We cracked Tom Kirk seven episodes in. All right, the answer list. I mean, yeah. So we've got two left. We've got three left, but one, one, one's um, on both sides of the list, as I said. Jack Endicott. Oh. He's, oh. he's he signed a pro deal, but we've loaned him out to Tiverton, and the right. other one is our fourth keeper. I think he's technically our fourth choice. Fourth choice. Any ideas? Anyone? Oh, Baker. Ooh. Yeah, Zach Baker. He's he's on. He's not on loan, is he? he no, sorry. He's, he's, just, he, he's just a signing that we've missed. Uh, he's yeah. yeah, exactly. He's on the um. He signed a pro deal, I presume, in the summer. That was a good one. Well done. That was a good one. That was yeah. a good. That was Definitely um. Like Better than like, I don't know. I should have remembered Good Cornish name. Yes, yeah, yeah. We, well, we can do it again in, in twelve months' time, unless we have a crazy January. Um, you never know. Uh, all right, guys, we'll wrap things up there. Peter, thank you, thank you ever so much for coming on. Uh, it was pleasure. Great you. Fun. When Mark comes Tom. back vacation, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Tom, Chris, pleasure as always. Have a rest now. Two weeks to rest and recuperate. Although we will be back this time next week to discuss all things international break and look forward to Preston. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Tom. Waving on mute. Thank you. Good. For <laughs> Cheers, guys. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you, or we'll be in your ears, rather, this time next week. Take it easy. Thanks for listening.